Hey, welcome. This is uh, Uncanny Adventures. We're playing a new Call of Cthulhu game, which I have entitled The Wretched West. And I have some inve new investigators joining me in the Old West. Uh, our adventure is going to take place in the town of Paul Heaton, which is a gold rush town. Uh, it's in the Dakota Territories. And it is located just about 40 miles northeast of the town of Sturgis on a sulfur creek. The town sprouted up earlier this spring as a gathering of tents, lean-tos, and ramshackle huts. And the Stratton Log Cabin trading post. In late spring, a young banker from Kansas City named Walter Pennebaker came to town. He bought up a bunch of land through various proxies, much to the town founder Stratton's uh, chagrin and started developing the lots. Stratton and Pennebreaker, uh, they have a fierce rivalry, and for a time there was no real law in town, so they'd established their own rules uh, between them on their premises and left the rest of the town to settle for itself. But now that the town has grown so quickly, the uh, local residents wanted to call for a general election for a town marshal, and they were successful in electing a man named Marshal Ricardo Mateo. This doesn't sit well with either of the town bosses. Oh, thank you for following. Um, so this doesn't sit well for either of the town bosses. And there's been quite a bit of uh, activity due to this in town since. So let's uh, go around and meet our players and investigators. And then we're going to jump in and see what's going on in this little town of Poheaton. So we will start with, uh, we'll start with Kelts. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us about your character you're playing? So uh, I am <clears throat> Kelts. I go by the Kelts um, on all the uh, socials and what have you. I'll be playing Lucas. Uh, Lucas is kind of the uh, undesirable, um, lives off of uh, taking advantage of anyone that's not protecting theirs. Uh, he's kind of blowing into Pawheaton from a bad job elsewhere in the world, trying to kind of just gather himself, um, reclaim what's left of his memories, what have you, uh, looking for next way to make some cash, um, some unprotected assets, if you would. So just kind of going through town, seeing if there's anything worth taking, basically, uh, is he gonna be playing a, a no good outlaw. Excellent, and uh, Dylan. Why don't you introduce yourself and your character? Hi, I'm Dylan, uh, and I'm going to be playing Jeremiah Brown, who's um, a sort of man of God out here in the West, doing what men of God do, preaching the word of God, you know, that stuff. Um, and uh, he fought in the Civil War a couple years back, uh, which, you know, it left some scars. Meh. But, uh, yeah, just hoping to bring some some freaking faith and mercy to this place of iniquity, you know? <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. And why don't we talk to Brooke? Why don't you introduce us to yourself and your character? Hi, my name is Brooke. You can find me on all of the places at Theater Nerd 221. 
um, because I don't like vowels, um, and that's why it is the way it is. Um, my preferred pronouns are they, them, but my character is Delilah Darlings, is she, her, and she is a saloon girl of the finest degree, um, and has pretty much been here since the beginning, or close to it. So chances are, if you've walked into the saloon sh or the tavern she works at, you've probably met her or at the very least seen her. Excellent. And Jamie. Hi, I'm Jamie. You can follow me on Twitter. My handle's down there. And I'm playing <laughs> Hudson Devereaux, the deputy sheriff of town. He is kind of unwillingly the deputy sheriff. He floated into town about a month and a half ago with his wife. And they it wasn't long after the sheriff got elected, so things were still kind of tense. So they're like, hmm, we should probably have a deputy. He has a really big guy who's built like a brick house and can shoot a gun because he used to be a hired gun slash gunslinger. So he kind of got put into the role of being the deputy sheriff and he's kind of still trying to figure it all out, especially like having to arrest people and all that nonsense. Excellent. So on this fine day in Ballheaton, um, you all, for one reason or another, uh, be it work, be it time for a libation, uh, maybe just checking in to make sure there's no trouble going on, have found yourself at the Pawheaton Original. This is a gambling house in town, and it's owned by none other than Jack Stratton. Jack, who is the founder of Pawheaton, he and his men were the first to discover gold on the Pawheaton River. In fact, they then dammed up the upper part of the river and set up the camp. And Jack has been selling land plots and prospecting sites since in order to make money. Meanwhile, opening his various local businesses, the trading post, the saloon, his brothels, and things like that. Jack is behind the bar with a couple of his men who he employs. You can see Pharaoh Jones who's sitting at the end of the bar drinking. He's a heavy set man, a little shorter, with long hair and a mustache. His hat's on the bar next to him. Uh, there's this jittery little guy who sits in the corner trying to stay out of the way and out of sight of uh, Stratton, who everyone in town knows is Sneaky Pete. He, uh, you always look, watch for your wallet when he's around, and you don't, uh, you don't leave any valuables in his, uh, in his line of sight. And if anything goes missing, Sneaky Pete doesn't know why everybody always goes to him first. And then, of course, there's Vaughn Paxton, who is a bigger, quiet man who most people in town know Stratton uses for muscle. And they're sitting with Jack and having a conversation. As you look around the bar, and you see very various other members of town, uh, in the corner, the local pastor is trying to rouse up a few of the prospectors who have come in for a drink. Um, you hear him, and he's going on and on about a story that he heard. Someone came in to his tent the other day and telling him that the, that the devils are coming and they're going to take you all and take you away. Giant ape men in the hills. And this is what this is what the pastor has been telling you all about. Reverend Thomas Duffy stands there holding up his Bible and talking about these, these hairy ape men in the hills. And this is what the men will come to. And Stratton yells from the bar and he says, Quiet the hell down over there. 
So as this opens, why don't we go around? What are you all doing in the bar as these things are going on? There's a poker game going on. There's a roulette wheel in the back corner where some of the prospectors are losing some of their hard-earned gold that they brought in from their sites. Um, and there's various people drinking. There's dancing. So um, why don't we say, uh, Delilah, since this is your place of employment, you work for Stratton. What, what are you doing on this, this day? It's maybe mid-afternoon. Uh, mid-afternoon. It's too early for her to be dancing and commanding a lot of attention. I think she's going to go to the portly long-haired fellow whose name escapes me. And I think she is going to drink with him. All right. So you, you go up to the bar and uh, you sit down next to Pharaoh Jones. And he's sitting at the bar. And as you come up, he just reaches over and the bottle of whiskey is not too far from his hand. And he pulls a cup from behind the bar and pours you a drink. And he says, uh, good morning, Delilah. He kind of does a little bit of, he stands up a little bit as you go to sit down as respect and then sits down next to you. He says, or afternoon is it? I've been drinking since I woke up. How are you today? I am good. They do say you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. Hmm. I like to live by that faith. Not much like that preacher over there who's getting loud and giving me a hangover already. Well, I have been listening to his stories since there isn't too much commotion. And I think he's as crazy as some of you prospectors. Well, anybody who's willing to go out in the wilderness and try to find their fortune's got to be a little crazy. That is true. I'd much rather stay here so you can spend your fortunes on me. That's fair. But by the way, have you, uh, you seen any of the Owens boys or their friends come into to town lately? They're they're behind on their uh their payments to to Jack, and uh I know uh, I know one of the brothers fancies talking to you when he's here, and you know the Owens boys um they have a site, and it's about maybe ten miles or so outside of town, and it's the Owens brothers and two of their friends. And they usually, uh, a couple of them come into town at least once a week to uh, make payments on their plot and to uh, just check in and get supplies. And you probably haven't seen them in about two weeks. It's been a few weeks. Um, I hope they aren't succumbing to the mist and turning into hairy men like the preacher seems to think happens. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe they're the ones out there wearing ape costumes to scare off the other prospectors and buy up their land. I mean, I suppose that's one way to do it. Mm. So meanwhile, Lucas, you're probably nearby. You hear all of this commotion going on. What are you up to? So I'm going to probably just approach the bar. Um, as whoever's tending the bar you said it was jack right jack is behind the bar yes i'm just gonna kind of wrap my knuckles on the bar jack can i get a let me get a whiskey please and i'm gonna kind of position myself close i want to hear the preacher uh his stories are kind of putting a smirk on my face so i'd like to uh have myself a drink and maybe listen in on what he's talking about all right, so uh, Jack will walk over and he puts down a couple of glasses. And Jack's, uh, he's an older guy. He's in his 40s. 
he's got long black hair and he's got like a you know like a nice groomed beard and a nice groomed mustache hairs hangs down around it and uh he comes over and he puts a glass on the on the thing and he pours you a drink and he says so you're new in town rolled in here a little over a week ago what's your story friend same as everyone else's when they got here i guess uh I hear something about their hills are spitting out gold, rivers are spitting out gold. There needs to be someone out here to catch that gold when it gets spit out. Well, that's that's fair, but you know, not everyone's story is exactly the same. What do you know about my friend Pennybanker across the way and his establishment? Have you heard have you heard anything? Are you are you one of his men coming in as a, a new face? You know, he uh, likes nobody. Nobody's man but my own. Hmm. I see. But you're looking to make a make some money here. If there's money to be made, yeah. I'd like to get a piece of it for myself, that's sure. Hmm. There is always money to be made, but... And he looks down the bar where there's some more customers. Maybe we'll talk more about money later. And he kind of gives you a side eye as he walks away. You get the feeling that he... Uh, he doesn't like new faces he doesn't know. It makes him uncomfortable. Um, and you turn as you have your drink and you hear the preacher going on. And he says, um, I tell you, it was it was Jed Fishner who first came down and talked about these these eight men in, in how they're taking over the different prospecting sites. And he's seen them steal away with prospectors who have vanished. We have to do something about this. And some of the prospectors are like, yeah! Jeremiah, where are you when this is going on? Oh boy, I'm probably over there. <laughs> uh, I, I probably um, say to Reverend Duffy, right? That's his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably say something like, well, Reverend... The way you make it sound, it sounds like the Nephilim come back wandering the hills or something. I don't know about that. Oh, it's it's the second coming. This is this is where we are being taken over by these monsters because people here in this town of debauchery and and evil and gambling and drink. And he points over at the bar where Lucas and Delilah and everyone are sitting. And he says, the gambling. And he points at the tables. And you see one of the gamblers tip his hat. <laughs> Reverend, how many times do we have to go through your crazy stories? You'll see. You'll see. It's just like the ghost in the hills. Jack can tell you. Haven't you ever heard Jack's story about the ghost? And Jack just snorts and says, Who hasn't heard my story about the ghost in the hills? I've seen that monster. I hear no story about no ghost. And Hudson, what are you doing as as this story of the ghost is brought up and there Reverend is yelling across the room at Jack behind the bar? I imagine Hudson heard rumors that the Reverend was gonna be like not quite preaching, but ranting in the saloon. So he kind of probably showed up a while ago just sitting at a table in the corner with the same drink he's had for the past half hour, fully just like leaning back feet up on the table watching everything and keeping an eye on sneaky pete <laughs> <laughs> so 
Sneaky Pete, uh, when when the the story of the ghost comes up, Sneaky Pete, you see him uh, pick up his little cap, and he's got this little round cap, and he puts it on his head, and he's like, I don't want to hear no more about that ghost. And he just sort of, like, hightails it out the front doors of the saloon uh, as the ghost comes up. So those of you who have been in town more than, say, three months, you've heard the story of the ghost. Jack likes to tell it. Uh, the, the rumor around town about this ghost is that an old mountain man, his name was Harry Doran. Ten years ago, he lived in these hills looking for gold, long before Paul Heaton was even a, a glimmer. And apparently he was captured and killed in the hills, but he was tortured to death. And prospectors have claimed for many years now that they see his ghost wandering the mountains but it is a particularly gruesome sight. So, so Jack is standing behind the bar having finished pouring another drink and he says, who wants to hear the story again about the ghost? I could tell you, I saw good old Harry with my own two eyes two months before we struck it rich in the hills. And you hear a couple people, yeah, I want to hear about the ghost. Yeah, Jack, tell us the story about the ghost. Yeah, I'm going to kind of tap my glass on the bar and kind of nod at him and hand it to him like I need a refill. All right. So he, he without even looking, he just tips the whiskey bottle to refill your glass. And he says, Harry Doran. Yes, Harry. It, just a sight of him make, makes your blood freeze. And I'm not a man whose blood freezes easily, right? And you hear like his guys, yeah, thump, thump, thump on the bar. He says, I was mining for gold. Sitting with my knees all the way down in the river, my pan in my hand, sifting through the rocks and the mud, rethinking my life's decisions. And then I looked up, and standing on the hill just above me, there was Harry. Blood dripping down his face, eyes blank, no eyes in the sockets blood leaking from his mouth he's holding something bloody and gory in his hand and it took me a few seconds to realize he was holding his own scalp he just stood there on the hill watching me and I watched him and then as I turned to go away and looked back Harry was gone disappeared never heard a sound but they say seeing Harry's bad luck I don't know, though. I struck it rich not too soon after that. Hmm. Anyway. Um, <laughs> go ahead. As he, as he kind of finishes the story up, Hudson's going to kind of lean forward a little bingo. And how much you have to drink that day there, Jack? He looks at Hudson and he narrows his eyes. He goes, Deputy, what are you doing in my bar? Do we have any business today? just keeping an eye on everything and he's gonna kind of like pointedly look over at Duffy because he <laughs> I feel like with everything going on Duffy kind of gets things riled up a little bit so he's kind of just there to like maintain calm <sighs> and he looks at you he looks you up and down and he says how about you you seen uh you seen them Owens boys lately there, uh, Hudson, or I'm sorry, Deputy Hudson. 
I'm looking for my payment, and they haven't been around. Would I have? Um, you probably have not seen them since Delilah saw them. I haven't seen them in a while there, Jack. Well, what are you doing about that? Do you, do you and the sheriff, new elected sheriff, elected sheriff, let me say, do you, uh, make, uh, wellness visits out to check on these, uh, these poor prospectors on their sites? You know, these are rough and tumble, this is a rough and tumble town, but the outlying areas are more dangerous. Or well, do you just ask us to go check into them? We'll go check into them. Or do you just uh, worry about the locals or the rich th that paid to get Mateo into office? You know, do you keep up with the horse and the cattle ranchers instead of uh, us lowly town folk? I ain't in on any of that, Jack. You know that. Well, maybe you should think about looking for the brothers and Elvin. I don't know. As long as as soon as we leave, you don't all start killing each other again. Well, that's fair. Yeah, make a promise on that. <clears throat> <laughs> so, as you guys are sitting there, uh, in comes this older man. He's a prospector. He kind of had a, a little bit of luck on his claim for a little bit early in the summer. And you all, uh, except for maybe Lucas, the rest of you know him as Jed. And Jed is probably about 50. He's a friendly little fellow. And he kind of wanders in looking around a little blankly. And he's holding a little pouch. And what you have heard about Jed in recent months is uh, Jed's claim has actually uh, been producing very well. Jed, Jed's coming in with a, a solid influx of gold on the regular, so much so that he's a welcome sight in any saloon or business in the area because they know that he has the money on hand to pay his way. So he kind of wanders in and he's looking around, he pulls his little hat off and it's just kind of dirty and dusty and kind of taps it off and scratches his head. And he wanders up to the bar and he sort of sits down on the stool next to Lucas, about three seats over from Delilah. And he says, uh, af afternoon, puts his hat on the bar, and he's whiskey, please. He looks at Lucas, he says, hello, how are you? Better now. Tap my glass at him. How are you faring today? Ah, uh, he taps his little pouch. He's like, I had another uh, good week up in my claim. I uh, found a, a nice few nuggets. So I'm, I'm doing, sitting pretty, and uh, Jack immediately kind of walks up and says, Oh, Mr. Fincher, it's good to see you today, sir. And you see Jed kind of smile, and he's like, Oh, Jack, you always, you always treat me so nice and respectful. And he's like, I wanted to, uh, wanted to trade in for my account. And he pulls out and tips out, and there's like three decent little nuggets of gold that kind of fall out of his little pouch onto the bar. He looks at you and smiles. He's like, "My claim, my claim's been producing pretty well. I'm, I'm very happy with my, uh, with what I'm earning. How about you? Are you got a claim? Not yet, but it makes me happy to see people do well. Hmm. I'm gonna polish my drink off and kind of set my glass down, kind of in a way like, since you're doing so well, would you go ahead and get me a drink, there, friend, new friend. 
Oh, he's like, you know, that's not a terrible idea. He's like, I'll buy a round for the for the house. A round for the house. Everyone, uh, drink on a uh, drink on good old Jed. And you hear everybody kick up with a cheer. Ah, as pat him on the shoulder and tell him thank you. It was Jed, was it? Yeah, uh, Jed, Jed Fincher, and you are. Uh, I go by Lucas. Nice to meet you, Jed. Nice to meet you. Hey, so you don't have a claim yet, right? That's correct. Uh, just a heads up. Uh, I heard uh, there's been a lot of trouble with the the claims not producing along the western side of the of the river. So if you're looking, try to get one on the eastern side, a little further up past the dam from town. Don't you don't want to go too far west because they're they're just all dried up from what I'm hearing from the other prospectors. Seem like you know your way around these parts here pretty well, huh? Um, I've been here. I I was here a little while before Stratton and his guys got here, but uh, they my my claim didn't produce as quickly as theirs did. They they found a good spot, but I've been doing all right. I've been doing all right. I'm gonna lean in real close and kind of lower my voice a bit and ask him, "What do you know about any kind of monkey man?" Hmm. He kind of leans back and he looks at you and he's like, "Monkey men." Uh, uh, furry, I don't know, uh, feral creatures in the hills or something. The the preacher over here has been yapping his jaw about it for a while. It's kind of uh, interesting to know when are someone that knows the land as well as you, maybe you've seen something like that. He, he leans in real close over his drink and he gives you a side glance and he's like, you, you're not talking about the Sasquatch, are you? Could be. But I hear there's more than one. It's, they're speaking as if there's many of them. Well, I've never seen one myself, but I've heard talk about the Sasquatch. Like, there's a whole community of Sasquatch in the hills. But they don't like interference from, from people. So, people who go near the Sasquatch, you don't ever see them again. That may be what, what happens on. Much coming near people. I mean, that may be what happened. To all the claims on the western side of the river, you know, people people's claims dry up and people disappear. Interesting. Good to know. Thanks, Jed. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if you ever need to go look at any claims, I mean, I can show you around, show you where some good places are that you should be looking. But. That under advisement. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm. He leans in again and real quiet says, "You gotta be real careful who you trust, though." He says, "Even that uh, that preacher character over there, I think he's in league with the Sasquatch, but he's talking about him to make it more unbelievable. You know, like if you yell about something too much, it's like nobody'll believe you, but if you don't say much about it, everybody wants to know." look over at the preacher i can see that hmm. i can see that he looks like the type of fellow that'd be in with a sasquatch i'll the rest of my drink back <laughs> and delilah and and hudson you both are kind of near enough to kind of hear this whole thing because jed is quietly talking but being an older guy with poor hearing he's not as quiet as he thinks he is hudson's just gonna kind of sip his drink and shake his head with a laugh so after he finishes talking to Lucas, Jed gets up and uh, 
Stratton has taken his gold and he puts it into a little bin under the bar. And Jed kind of walks down the bar and he and he says, looks at Delilah and he smiles. This little sheepish grin. He's like, "Oh, hey, Delilah." Hi there, Jed. How's it going? Um, it's a good day today, Delilah. How about you? It's a pretty good day. I got a half a drink down and a drink and a half left to drink. Can I buy you another round, Delilah? Sure. Is there something you want from me? No, I just, you know, I spend a lot of time up on my claim all by myself. And it's nice to have, you know, friendly conversation when I come to town. It's nice to see a friendly, familiar face. And he looks at Pharaoh sitting beside you and he's like, Pharaoh. And he looks back at you and smiles again. And he says, so how are things going here at the, uh, the original? Is business been good, Delilah? I mean, I'm not having to buy drinks for myself. It seems pretty good to me. That's, 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 that's true here. And he actually reaches and takes the bottle that, um, Pharaoh had. And he pours you and him each another drink. And then Pharaoh looks over and, and taps his glass and you see him hesitate. And then he kind of leans forward and takes Pharaoh's glass and pours a drink into Pharaoh's glass. He spills a little bit of that one and he's like, oh, and he puts the bottle down and kind of like mops it with his hat before he gives back a more like half empty glass to Pharaoh and slides it over and sorry, Pharaoh, sorry. Pharaoh takes the glass. Don't even know how to pour a drink. Now, now Jed, you know there is enough time for you or enough of me for you and him. No need to go spill his drink all over him. Oh, Delilah, I didn't mean to spill his drink, he says. And he kind of looks down at the floor and looks back up at you. Uh, do you mind if I sit next to you? I've got two sides, and she'll gesture to the seats on either side of her. All right, so he sits, and he kind of, uh... Once he sits, he gets quiet, like he's, uh... A little uncomfortable, a little shy about talking, and he just nurses his little drink. Jed, is there something you'd like to say? Mm, no, no, I'm, I'm just enjoying, enjoying being out of the sun for a little while, just in the company. Don't you don't have to talk to enjoy company, do you? No. All right, well, that's and good. She'll finish her first drink now. And, and apparently she's accumulated glasses, so she's just going to keep going. Skeptical. Hmm. Is, so. this, is this normal for Jed? Um, Jed is, he tends to be kind of quiet and okay. a little bit um, socially awkward. Uh, you can roll me a psychology check if you want to, to see if you notice anything weirder about Jed's behavior. Something I'm wow. somewhat good at. Mm. So um, you you do get the sense that uh, for Jed, he seems a little bit extra put off. Like a little extra something maybe is on his mind. He's a little uncomfortable. So she's going to turn to Pharaoh 
and say, would you mind giving us a little alone time? I'll give you some later. I'm sure I'll find you here again. Pharaoh, he's got his uh, glass to his lips and he looks at Delilah and he looks at Jed. <sighs> he gets up and he walks away. He passes uh, where Hudson's sitting and purposely kicks the stool leg of Hudson's stool as he uh, drinks his drink in one gulp and wanders over to sit closer to where Jeremiah is sitting near the preacher. After he kicks it, Hudson's going to go, watch it, Pharaoh. Quiet, you. And he keeps going. Ooh, he just got rejected. I just did that, didn't I? Um... (laughs) And she's going to lean in closer to him. Um, probably, like, over the table. And she's going to go, It is quite all right. Anything you have to say to me, I'm I'm more than willing to help where I can. Huh? Oh. Um. Well, what do you mean, Delilah? You just uh, seem... A... a a little bit more aloof than normal. Oh, um, I've made a, I've I've spent a little bit longer time out by myself. I may I may just not be uh, well as well practiced in in conversating with you as I was uh, when I was here two weeks ago. So she's gonna lean over even more, and she's going. To be like, you have always been very masterful. I'm starting to suspect there's something on your mind. Uh, I mean, no, I'm, 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 I'm all right. It's just, it gets, it gets, you know, dark and it's quiet out there and it's empty and at night it's can be scary, you know, even with my trusty rifle by my side on my camp it's still you know you never know when something savage is going to come out of the wilderness and just rip you apart you know and she'll just nod her head I imagine that would have to be hard there's a, a reason I stayed to town did, did you see an ape man or the ghost he uh, looks at you and he's like, no, I, I haven't seen the, the ape man or the ghost. No, I haven't seen them. Not at all. And he kind of looks off over the bar at the, kind of the mirror behind it and sort of looks at his own reflection and kind of gets lost in it for a second and then looks back down at his drink. Well, here's to you never seeing the ghost or the ape man and she'll hold out one of her drinks. He will hold up his glass to you. And she'll down the second one. So. Meanwhile. Let's see. Pharaoh has come over to sit down next to you, Jeremiah. Oh boy. He gives you a up and down glance. You're You're that man of God. Well, yeah, I'm a man of God. That, that is what it says in my, you know, 
my papers. He points at Duffy, who is uh, now talking amongst the little group. He's quieted down a little bit, and they're just, you can hear them discussing, uh, getting a posse together to ride out looking for the ape men. And uh, he says, you a man of God like he's a man of God? Or are you, uh, you the more quiet, faithful type man of God? I mean, well, I I tend to be a little more personal in my faith, but uh, I ain't afraid to get my hands dirty when I got to, you know. Understand. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I've had to fight for what I believe in before. Just how it is. So... I understand, I understand. <clears throat> that drink tasted kind of sour. Mm. Jack ain't got the best uh, reserves? No, Jack's reserves are <clears throat> alright. Just tastes kind of funny. <clears throat> Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. And, uh, is... Am I within here, shot of this? Can I hear yes. you complaining about the drink tasting funny? Yes, you would be. Uh, they're just a couple tables away from the bar. Jeremiah so just kind of pushed the drink a little farther away from himself. Yeah, I'm going to look in my glass and look at Jack. You putting something funny in our glasses, Jack? Jack looks at you and says, what? I don't put, no, I don't put anything funny in my booze. I don't know, let's talk about ape men and ghosts seems like uh scaring people off the uh the veins out there that might be kind of good for business right if, if less people are out there if they're seeing things i gonna swish my my glass around a little bit sniff it jack like gives you a solid look and then he does kind of sniff the lip of the bottle he's like there's nothing wrong with this whiskey I'm just checking jeremiah Jeremiah, you notice uh, sweat kind of coming down Pharaoh's brow a little bit. Oh. And his eyes look a little glassier. Oh, Lord. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, can I do a medicine, but it's a one. <laughs> so I probably don't know anything about medicine. You could definitely roll it and see what happens. <laughs> I mean, I have, some, I have some first aid. I don't know if that would come into this. Like... You know, I did some triage and stuff during the war. Maybe, I don't know, like food poisoning or so something. Let's... I might recognize the symptoms. So you can, let's see, first aid. Um, now, this would be more of a medical role. This would okay. definitely be a medicine role. Well, I you... don't know shit. <laughs> and you, uh, you he kind of licks at his lips like his, like his lips are dry. Like he's got a little mm. cotton mouth. You uh, might want to go take a take a breather, partner. Might be turned into an ape man. You say that, and he kind of looks at you, and it and his expressions kind of blank at that. Like, oh. uh, can I like put my hand on his shoulder and I'm like, all right? You put your hand on his shoulder. And as you do, he throws a punch at your face. Oh! <laughs> Whoa, okay. So, now, now because you're in close contact, he, he goes to throw a punch at you. So you can uh, try to dodge, or you could attempt to fight back as he does this. I mean, 
I get. Mm, I guess I'll try and dodge. All right, so you can roll a dodge. As the rest of you are, are kind of like, you hear Jeremiah start asking Pharaoh if he's all right. And you see him put a hand on his shoulder as the chair under Pharaoh starts to get kicked out and he's throwing a punch. Let's roll this. Oh, it's so oh, close. close. Oh, so um, he uh. takes a swing and you, uh, you don't so much dodge as he is like thrown off balance too. Okay. And you both kind of go down in a heap on the floor, but he doesn't get the punch in your face. Um, so I need to know everybody's dexterity scores for this. As uh, there now is a fight breaking out as other patrons look around and note that uh, someone has just thrown a punch and a chair goes skittering across the floor of the saloon. I got a 50 on my dex. You have a 50. Yeah. Sixty-five. Nice. Wow. I got a sixty. Wow. I rolled pretty well for my stats. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, that's fair. What about Lucas? Oh, you're muted. Seventy. Seventy. Holy Ooh, nice. Crap. <laughs> oh God. All right. So, uh, Lucas, you are the quickest to react. Uh, as you are sitting at the bar and this chair clatters past you and you see Pharaoh and this preacher who you probably haven't really gotten to know too well kind of go down in a in a flurry of arms and legs onto the floor. <clears throat> How far are they from me? They're about two tables away. I'm going to glance over to Hudson. Is this what you've been here to keep from happening? Preachers getting beat up? The biggest man in the bar? Well, I'm the biggest man in the bar, but yes. Well, all right. If you're going to stand there, I'm going to walk over and I'm going to draw one of my revolvers. I'm going to pistol whip whoever's on top. Just right the back of the head. Try to break up the fight. All right. So Jeremiah is actually underneath Pharaoh. Pharaoh's on top. Uh, So you can roll uh, an attack against Pharaoh, who is going to attempt well actually he's so caught up he's not going to attempt to dodge he's kind of distracted by him and jeremiah being kind of grouped up in this battle so that just be a brawl roll then yes all right so you uh swing at the back of his head and at the last second pharaoh's head isn't there anymore you actually almost hit jeremiah in the face as your pistol kind of comes down past his nose um and you see pharaoh kind of look back at you he has his teeth bared and he actually growls at you and then it's I'm gonna spin my pistol back around to where the, the business ends pointing at him all right I'm gonna tell him easy there buddy that was just a friendly little come on knock it off now delilah at this point uh you and your friend Jedder at the bar, you both uh, this commotion kicks up right behind you as you both turn around. What do you want to do as this is happening? You see Pharaoh uh, whip his head around as Lucas is trying to clock him on the head and he is growling with his teeth bared and his eyes look crazy. Um. Well, she's not so su- sweet and innocent as she leads everybody to believe. So she's going to pull the knife from her boot and she's going to attempt to stab Pharaoh. 
because he was acting rather aggressively and she didn't appreciate it when she told him to knock it or to leave them alone for a minute. All right. Um, so you are going to attempt to stab at him, which is going to be a fighting brawl. He is going to attempt to fight back. So I he, rolled a 29, so have fun. All right, so he's got to get an extreme success to in order to punch you. So here he goes. He's going to try, and as you come at him with the knife, he lashes out with a, a hand. And you get the knife in and stab him. So you can roll damage for that. Oh. Oh, there it is. It's in there somewhere. <laughs> I suppose I could have just, you know, done that to begin with. It's four damage. All right. So you stab Pharaoh with this knife. Let's see. And he roars in pain. And he, uh... He looks at you now, like his full attention goes on you, and you are, are rather startled by, like, he he doesn't seem to, like, recognize you. He literally looks like you've seen, like, an angry dog when it's, like, or even a rabid dog just kind of, like, in your face. Um, so... Pharaoh took four. Hudson... You, you watch this happening. You you see now Delilah come up and uh, she's stabbed Pharaoh and he looks like he is just still coming for the fight. Um, Hudson is going to sigh, casually stroll over to where this fight's going on and try to just grab Pharaoh by like the scruff of his neck and just kind of hold him up in the air. All right, so you can roll uh, a brawl for that. He is going to uh, attempt to, to just kind of get out of the way of that. Okay. So you reach for the scruff of his neck, and he uh, shoves off of Jeremiah at this point and comes back up kind of on all fours. And he looks like he's ready to sort of spring what in hell is going on? Um, so Jeremiah, he, he has leaped off of you and he looks like he's getting ready to spring at Hudson now. He's bleeding from where Delilah stabbed him with a knife. Lord Jesus. Uh, <laughs> can, I, can I do like a psychology to try and figure out like what the fuck is going on with sure. this dude? Like, is he just having a moment or what? <laughs> Oh, boy, come on. Um, yeah, so you, uh... I ain't never seen any of this. You, you, uh, you maybe think that this man has been possessed by a devil. That's right. Okay, mm -hmm. so I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull out my cross then. And I'm gonna, like, you know, <laughs> start saying prayers. <laughs> uh, do, so do you, uh, move away from the situation? You know... I'd probably like back up a little bit and like if I can like I, I I picture it like I back up and I'm like under the table now basically all right <laughs> with yeah. the cross held out with the cross like oh boy holy holy crap all right so Pharaoh is going to spring at Hudson of course he is <laughs> you are a very large target mm-hmm 
All right, so he is going to spring at you, and when he does, let's see. Not the little unassuming girl who stabbed him. All right, so do you want to, you can either dodge the spring, or you can try to fight back and uh, and hit him instead. Mm. I'm going to try and hit him back. All right, so he has a hard success right now. Oh, gosh. Nope. I All right. Unarmed strike today. Yep. So you, he, he leaps at you, and you try to like sucker punch him as he comes at you, but he comes under that arm, and he will do. Five points of damage as he gets you like square in the chin, and you probably spit some blood from that hit, as he is now like clawing at you, and he's right in your face. Uh, around you, the other patrons, like, this has kicked off uh, a handful of other fights. Uh, someone has flipped the poker table in the corner, and there are cards and chips and drinks now everywhere in the corner. Duffy, Reverend Duffy's in the corner, and he's, like, was quiet for just a few seconds watching this take place. He takes in Pharaoh's behavior, and he says... There! There! He's becoming like the apes in the mountains! That's what happens! This is this is how it starts! And then it is Lucas's turn. What are you doing? So he's uh he's attacking the lawman now? Yeah, he's right up in Hudson's face, and he has drawn probably blood. Hudson spits blood. Yeah, I'm gonna shoot him. So I've already got my uh That's revolver pointed at him. Okay. And I'm going to try to take a shot at incapacitating him, like shoot him in the knee or something. All right. A painful, but you know, not not a mortal wound. All right, and you are you are right there, so you actually you have a bonus die. So you will roll with the one that you rolled with before, and you'll take the 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 second one where it says plus one for the result, because that's uh that'll give you a bonus die because you have basically point blank range on him. All right. All right, so that is you. You basically point your gun at his knee and you shoot him in the knee, and he uh, screams in pain and rolls over and uh, kind of grabs at the knee and is like whimpering in pain as there's now like blood all over the floor, and uh, at this moment, Stratton gets up on one of the stools behind the bar. You hear the. of a gun and then he shoots it into the ceiling and the plaster of the ceiling like explodes and all these little pockets of fighting like people are like look up and he's like what have I said about blood on my floor I would have already uh, drawn my second revolver with one keeping keeping one on uh, with beast man and I've got the second one leveled up at him now at the bar just kind of instinctually, not ready to shoot or hurt anybody, but so I'm, I'm I've got a pistol in each hand now. He looks down at you and he says, "You sure you want to have that pistol pointed at me, son?" Spin it around, holster it, keeping the one on on the guy on the floor. Uh, so at this point, Pharaoh is 
he's whimpering. He's not saying like anything like that's making sense. Uh, and he's holding the bloody knee and just whimpering like an injured puppy. You guys can all roll me spot hidden checks. Sure. How am I failing everything tonight? <laughs> All right. Um, Lucas and Hudson, you are so uh, involved in this moment. Like, Hudson, this man is now at your feet, bleeding from the knee. And there are two men now holding guns. One, Lucas has them pointed, one pointed at Stratton. Stratton is, he doesn't have the, the shotgun pointed at Lucas, but he's lowered it and now is, like, holding it kind of at ready if he needs to. But meanwhile, Delilah and Jeremiah, uh, you notice in all this hustle and bustle, you just catch the uh, sight of Jed, his little form with his little dusty hat, slipping out the back door of the saloon and going out to the back side street and kind of like making like a bolt bolting for it. Like he's he's going out the door. Okay, question, Jeanette. Hi. The preacher. The preacher said. That Jed was the one who was talking about ape men, right? Uh, the preacher said that people from the hills, and he did mention Jed as one of the people that he heard the story from. Mm. I'm running after him. <laughs> I'm running after him. Ooh. Okay. I don't care if I have to tackle the 50-year-old man. <laughs> All right. I'm going after him. So Delilah turns and bolts. I to chase him too, but I'm not sure that Jeremiah would. Yeah. All right, so... <laughs> You are uh, fairly quick, uh, but he does have a bit of a head start on you, Delilah, as you bolt out the door. Is Jim, is Jeremiah going to give chase, or do you stay behind? Uh, I think I think I'm probably going to stay behind, and I'm going to like rip off part of my sleeve and try and like treat this guy's gunshot wound, like even though he punched me, you know. Okay. So you're going to stay behind. Um, Kate, yeah. Katie has given you guys all. Uh, Six uh, successes on natural twenties. So I told her that I got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Poor baby, <laughs> you'll be Can't all right. Have a power couple when there's only one of us. It's true. It's She's got to take care of her husband. Some somewhere, Minnie's like Hudson. <laughs> um, no, your dog comes and barks. Hudson got shot shot at the saloon. <laughs> Well, no, it's, she'd be more like, oh, of course he got hurt. <laughs> Just oh, like, boy. disdain. Mm-hmm. Like, not again. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, you, Jeremiah, can make a first aid roll. As uh, Stratton yells, somebody get the doctor! And yeah, Delilah is running for the street. So yeah, Jeremiah, you are having a hell of a time. Uh, this, this is a point-blank uh wound Ooh. yeah delilah you bolt out the door you see uh jed has basically is bolting up the street uh behind like behind this establishment and it looks like he's heading for the bridge to cross the river um she's gonna attempt to persuade him to stop and she's gonna yell out stop i just want to know what's going on you should you seem to be leaving in a hurry i just want to talk to you she still has her knife out because she hasn't like taken the time to holster it 
but she's like very genuine in her like please stop I just want to talk. I want to understand the situation. Uh, do you are you trying to basically be charming and get him to come back? Sure. I mean, charm or persuade is the same value. So cool. Yeah, or that either one. Um, I'm gonna go with charm. So she says she has a sneaking suspicion that she that um, Jed may like her. Dig it. Uh, he looks back and he. He looks uh, like he's got this sad expression on his face, but he continues across the river and you see um, he goes over where a uh, his little horse is kind of tied up and he yeah. kind of grabs the reins and looks back at you. He almost gives you an apologetic little look and then he gets on the horse and starts to ride for the edges of town out in the direction of his uh, prospecting site. And does she, I don't know how much of an idea of where she thinks he's going. Like, I don't know if she knows what the outlying land looks like, but I think she'd be able to at least point in a general direction in which he rode off. Yeah. If you would, you have an idea that he, his site is somewhere out there. You've probably never personally been there to see it, but you know that he, he keeps his sights probably uh, 10 miles or so kind of west of town a little northwest well she picks up her foot so she can sheathe her knife and she sighs and she runs back in well no she doesn't run she walks back in so meanwhile while delilah is out in the street trying to uh get jeb to stop and come back what is, are the rest of you doing? Um, is Farrah still, like, fighting, or is he kind of very distracted by the gunshot to his knee? Uh, he seems like he is completely distracted by his bleeding knee. He now seems like, like a small wounded animal at this point. Um, Hudson's probably going to come up behind Pharaoh and cuff his hands behind his back. Okay. Because I imagine I have some sort of manacles on me at all times. All right. He's going to come and cuff him. He he makes a vain attempt to sort of, like, bite at you as you take his hands. But uh, he seems like a lot of the fight has gone out of him in this moment. Uh, when he goes to bite him, Hudson's going to be like, don't you do it. Don't you do it. He's going to kind of, like, out of instinct, reach toward his shoulder holster. But then remember, he can't do that anymore. So he's just going to finish restraining his arm so he can't, like, attack us anymore. All right. So you do uh, restrain Pharaoh. And uh, you see Vaughn, the other one of um, Stratton's guys, kind of get up as you do. But Stratton sort of, like, puts his hand up, like, they're going to give you this one. Because he's, like, looking at Pharaoh with this disturbed expression. Pharaoh has never behaved like this as far as you've ever seen him. This is completely out of character for him. Um, never mind. <laughs> it's always the quiet nerd in the corner. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lord. How's this just gonna mutter his breath? Damn, Delilah had to reject him and he went insane. <laughs> oh, blame. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Jeremiah 
It's probably just sort of saying like prayers and like, you know, doing the sign of the cross on Pharaoh because he really does think this dude like has been taken by the devil or something. You yeah. Know? I've heard greed turns men into beasts, but I ain't never seen anything like this before. And you, uh, you see, like, as Hudson kind of gets him in, in manacles, and you're, like, picking him up, um, Sneaky Pete is kind of looking in the door, and Stratton is, looks over and says, didn't I say to get the doctor? And Pete's like, whoa, yes, sir. And, like, turns and scuttles away and goes running, um, to collect the doctor from his cabin to bring him back as you're all there. Um, meanwhile, it's Hudson. Now you've got Pharaoh kind of bound. You got him manacled, kind of picking mm-hmm. him up. Lucas, you still have your gun on Stratton? <clears throat> I'm going to holster the, the gun that I'd had uh, held on Stratton and then, uh, replace Wait. the cartridge I just spent on, uh, Pharaoh's knee, mm-hmm. holster that gun, sit back at the bar. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that, Jack. Sorry about the blood on your floor. Uh, I don't know what kind of business you run here, but I know no business is uh, no business prospers when there's a bunch of lawmen around. So I didn't think you wanted your your man here tearing up the lawmen right in your bar. And I'm gonna put my glass out like I need another refill. Kind of gives you like a, another up and down look. He says, "Hmm." tips and pours the glass fills it a little past where he would normally fill it he says i like a man who actually uses his brain in these situations i try um um does how bad is this wound like does it look like Pharaoh's about to start bleeding out on us uh it looks pretty bad um he let's see like do i do we need to turn a cat this um, he, uh, it's, it's bleeding pretty bad. You, uh, looking at it, um, just roll me a medicine check to see what you think about this wound. Oh, <laughs> Good joke. Come on, Hudson. Oh, hey, you're just <laughs> nice. Um, uh, you, your thoughts would be, uh, with you and Jeremiah kind of standing there looking at it, especially Jeremiah, you've been to war. You think maybe putting a tourniquet to it before the doc can get here might be like what you would have done if this had happened on the battlefield. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor guy. I ain't uh, very good at that though. <laughs> I, I can try it. You can, uh, for the tourniquet, you can try a first aid roll. Okay, I'll try that. This guy's losing his leg. You're like, there, is there a way I can give him like... If you want to assist him, he can use damage. a bonus die. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I definitely will. Okay. I told him to take it easy. I gave him fair warning. Oh. Nice. So between the two of you, you uh, actually do a very good job of putting a tourniquet on this leg. Um, As you finish up, you actually kind of uh, kick the glass that fell from the table that he had been drinking from, and it kind of rolls past Jeremiah's foot. I want to touch that if I were you. Mm. I want to touch it. <laughs> I prob- I probably stop it with my foot at the very least. I'm like, edge it towards me with my shoe. 
um, the so Duffy starts to come over and he starts to to raise his voice and he says, "This is the work of the devils. This is what you." And he points at Stratton. He says, "This is what you get for bringing crime and corruption to a place not God." And Stratton's like looks at him, brings the shotgun up again and puts it in his hand, and says, "I think it's time for the more holier than thou crowd to get out of my bar." And he. And uh, you Hussie's see, just gonna sigh loudly, just not say anything, but just look at Jack. Like, really? He smiles at you, this kind of like sideways, like, what are you gonna do? Smile. Uh, but Duffy, it kind of quiets almost like right away. He doesn't take this like a, an idle threat. You see, like, he believes Jack will probably not give him a second warning. And he just. Puts up his hands with one of the Bible in one of them, nods at Jack and says, you bring this on yourself. And he turns and he walks toward the door and he walks out. And you guys see in the doorway, passing by, kind of taking a glance in, the well-dressed, kind of well-to-do penny breaker stops and looks inside. He says, hello, Jack. Looks like you're having a uh, good day for business. Don't worry. My establishment's open, ladies and gentlemen. No blood. And he tips his little hat and kind of continues past. And he's followed by like four bodyguard looking types that sort of escort him. And he crosses the kind of main street to his establishment, which is just a little ways up the road and on the other corner. Jeremiah uh, is going to sort of stand up. Um, He's still sort of holding his cross in one hand. Uh, and he points at Stratton and then uh, sort of points over at Pennebaker and is like, y'all are modern day Sodom and Gomorrah. I swear on Jesus. <laughs> he looks at you. He puts the gun back behind the bar. He smiles and he says, I take that as a compliment, Padre. <laughs> and then he, t- he takes and he drinks straight from the whiskey bottle. I don't think that's sanitary. Huss is going to look over at Jack. I'm just saying, whiskey's what this one was drinking before he went all cuckoo. Well, I'm drinking mine and I'm not cuckoo. He looks at Lucas. How about you? Not yet, anyway. Where'd that old feller get off to? The one that poured the drink for him. Question. And at this point, Delilah, you would have come, you come back in as Lucas is asking where the old man got off to. I can only presume he went back to his um, stake, his claim. Those are the correct gold mining terms. Mm-hmm. His claim. Um, he hopped on a horse before I could catch him. I tried to get him to stop. He was not charmed by my charms. And she kind of just motions down her body. <laughs> how, how are you feeling there, darling? He poured you a drink as well, did you not? Yeah, but I don't think he'd hurt me. I think I it, I have him wrapped around my little finger. He looked back and wanted to say something to me, but rode off. I think we go after him and we'll find our answer to what happened today. No, I'm inclined to agree, honestly. 
Reverend Maybe there are apes and ape, ape men in the forest, but somebody's got to find out. Mm. Besides, we can take the deputy with us. It's true. It's true. I mean, it's kind of his job. Really, it'd be more like he's taking us with him. I feel like that's a little more the sheriff's job, but if y'all want me to go. Hey, the, the, as his deputy, I'm pretty sure the sheriff would tell you to get your butt out there. Um, I'm pretty far, sure you lose. How far away are we from, like, I guess the jail house? So, you are... Because I looked at the map, but I just can't tell, like, distances. Alright, so you are, um, about... It's maybe like three quarters of a mile to the jail from here. Okay. okay. So as as you're discussing this, and Delilah tells you that Jed took off on a horse, um, you hear feet on the outside walkway, and you see the doors open to the saloon, and Pete's holding the doors open, his hat's askew. And he kind of waits, and he looks back, and he's like, he's coming. He's just slow. Just give him a second. Hang on. Hurry up. A man's bleeding in here, Doc. He'll be all right. I just shot him in the knee. And um, you hear, before you see, you hear like a... (laughs) And around the corner comes this little bent older man, uh... His name is Dr. Henry, uh, Dr. Lynn and Henry, for those of you who know him in town, which is probably everybody again, but Lucas, um, he's just wearing like a dark suit. He's got a little bow tie. He's got shoes that it looks like he polishes every morning, but they're already just from the walk from his office. They're all dust covered. And there's maybe some manure on the bottom of one of them. He's wearing a little buller cap that's black to match his suit. He's got kind of a long white mustache that hangs down and like a scruff of beard in the front. And he's got like stringy white hair coming out from under the bowler cap. And he's got just the little tiniest glasses at the tip of his nose that are almost falling off from the sweat of just running here. And he's carrying his little doctor satchel. And he's like, where's where's the soon to be murder victim? Where is he? Now, come on now, don't. Don't. <clears throat> he, he just shot in the leg. I'm gonna point down over here, Doc. Hustle's just gonna kind of lift Pharaoh up in the air a little bit, right here. He uh, he comes over with his bag. He's like, put him, put him on the floor. Put him on the floor where I can reach him. You're very tall, sir. It's deputy, isn't it now? For a split second, Hudson contemplates just letting go, so he falls to the ground. <laughs> but then he actually lowers him to the ground. Okay, that's yeah, deputy. Oh, he looks at him and he looks, kind of moves the glasses up. He's like, Pharaoh, Pharaoh. All right, Pharaoh. And Pharaoh like nips at him. He's like, hmm? Hudson's going to give him like a little, not hard, just like a tiny kick to the back. Watch at you. He whimpers. And he kind of snarls at you. So he's making like dog-like noises, correct? Yeah, like animal noises. Okay. I just was, wanted to make sure what I was imagining was actually happening. In fact, it is. Um, the doctor looks at him and looks back up at Hudson. And he's like, why don't you, uh, why don't you hold him while I examine this knee? Oh, this is a fine dressing. Whoever, uh, t- this is very good work. I give Hudson a look and I 
You want him on his back or on his stomach there, Doc? On his back, on his back. I gotta be able to see this knee clearly. This is um, a... Oh. is gonna move on his back and then he's basically just gonna put a foot on his chest and hold it there. Ooh. Not like hard, but like holding him in place that way. Okay. So the doctor <clears throat> looks at it and the doctor's like, oh. Oh boy. This That's is this is a terrible, terrible wound. I'm, I don't know if I can even. We may have to cut the leg off. Oh my god. <laughs> I may have to have you bring him back to my office so that I can do surgery on this man. What's wrong with him as far as the uh, the faculties? Is he had how much has he had to drink? Delilah Stratton, how much is? When did he start drinking this morning? He's been here all day. I made some joke about. You can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. And he prescribes to that medication pretty heavily. He he kind of moves around where Hudson's foot is and he puts his... He's like, Pharaoh, follow my finger! And he moves it back and forth and Pharaoh, like, nips at it. And tries to bite his finger. Put a little more pressure on his chest. I told you to sit still. I think this man may... His... He seems to be, he snaps his fingers in his face, somewhat out of his mind. Well, well yeah, all this is going dog. on. Well, mm-hmm. Can I find the uh, the glass that got kicked over? Yeah, it's actually sitting like at Jeremiah's foot. Jeremiah put his foot to stop it from rolling away, and it's just lying on the floor. Hmm. So I'm going to walk over and pick that up. Okay. And just kind of hang on to it for right now. All right. So you walk over and Jeremiah, you watch as Lucas collects the glass from under your feet. Yeah, I, I watch, just you know, kind of suspiciously. Yeah, I think probably what what's dangerous is this here is inside the glass. So I think we're okay if I just hold it like so. Uh, and looking at it when you pick it up and and kind of look at it more closely, you're very familiar with whiskey, and it's it's consistency. Um, it actually at the bottom of the glass is a little bit thicker consistency than what should be left by a, a glass of whiskey. Hey, hey, Doc, when you're done looking at that, that leg there, why don't you take a peek at this glass and tell me if you can make anything of it? Uh, all right, Except well... On the bar. He looks over to the door where, where Pete is still, like, holding the door open. He hasn't come inside. And he says, uh, Pete, uh, get, him, get me a flat wagon to bring this one back, or... Just, you can get the stretcher if you want to, if it's, and Stratton smiles and says, yeah, Pete, get the stretcher. You're going to drag him back to the doc's office. And Pete's like, oh man, but Jack, do I got to drag him back? And he just looks at him, Pete's, I'll get the sledge, Jack, I'll get the sledge, I'll be back. And he kind of goes walking through with a sullen look to the back room, and you hear him clattering in a back room, and the doctor walks over to where you're standing, Lucas, and he kind of takes a handkerchief from his pocket and he holds out his hand with the handkerchief to take the glass. And kind of looks at it. <laughs> what did you say the man was drinking before he went all cuckoo? Whiskey. What he was drinking out of that glass was supposed to be whiskey. Hmm. It's got a definite hint of whiskey flavor, but it smells almost like a, a tree sap. kind of like tilts the glass and you watch it the slow movement of a thick 
like more viscous liquid kind of like go and then he tilts it back there's something more than whiskey in this man's beverage can delilah go back to the bar where i'm assuming she left the third drink the one that he poured and just pour it out on the ground and see if there's any more of this liquid in that drink or if she's correct in believing that he wouldn't hurt her um yep so you go back you tip your drink over and pour out the whiskey uh, and you tip the glass back over and take a look at the glass and at the floor. And it is, uh, there's no extra, like, thick liquid to it. It's just whiskey. Well, now I feel bad that I wasted that whiskey. But better safe than sorry. In case my suspicion that he wouldn't hurt me was incorrect. Didn't Jared spill some of the drink when he was pouring it? For Pharaoh? Yes, yes, actually. He must have slipped something in in that whole mess. Well, I guess I know where I gotta go. I already told you, we were taking you with us, and we were going out in the woods. Well, what am I supposed to do with this one? He's gonna kind of point down at Pharaoh. The doctor... you, you should probably go tell the sheriff that you have a criminal and that you're needed elsewhere. Doctor looks at you and says, "I'm gonna, know. I'm gonna have the little Pete over there drag him back to my office, and uh, I'm gonna see if we can save that leg." <coughs> far as I'm, I'm concerned, you could just cut it off and maybe go in that way. Can I go ahead? Can I do like would I know any sort of like historical uses of like a tree sap in this area that like maybe the Indians used or something? Um, you can roll me um a Or even just like some sort of oh, that'd probably be medicine if I started going into that territory. So yeah, I'll let you roll roll me a history check. Okay, I'll do that. Jeez. Oh, okay. Hey, you actually succeeded. Ooh, I like yeah. it. So, um, you in the time you've been sort of in this area, or when you Jeremiah traveled through this mm-hmm. land. Um, you have heard stories from the Native Americans. Mm. Um, and there are tales of certain tribes that they have some kind of concoction that their medicine man makes that makes them more feral in battle. It gives them more prowess, more strength in, in fights. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Make um, a mental note of that. <laughs> this is more of a world-building-ish question. Hmm. Would this be, like, my only pair of handcuffs? Or, like, would I have to go back to the jail to get some? Or would I have, like, multiple on me? I don't really know. I mean, I would let that be a Hudson decision. Are you someone who feels like you're going to need them more often or like do you think Hudson would carry a bunch of handcuffs? Uh, 
he probably only carry this is probably the only pair he has on him because he kind of came just to keep the peace so he wouldn't really think on having to like really arrest anybody <laughs> <laughs> so he <laughs> so okay All right, um, Hudson and Loco, well, before we go, I need to get some more cuffs, because I ain't uncuffing this guy. He's crazy. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna say one more prayer for Pharaoh as I'm, like, taking him out, and then, you know, tuck my cross away and my jacket and stuff, and probably follow Hudson, you know. And uh, you see uh, Pete has come back out of the back room. And he's got this, uh, so Sneaky Pete's got this, uh, like, sort of, it looks like a gurney, but it's got, like, kind of, like, handles at one end. And he drags it out and puts it down next to where Pharaoh's lying on the ground. And the doctor's like, well, help get him on the sledge. And Pete's like, oh, come on. And he, like, grabs on, and he, this little guy is, like, pulling on Huts, on uh, Pharaoh and, like, dragging him onto the sledge as he gets him on and then he looks around and he's like hey hey Vaughn you wanna you wanna pull the sledge to the doc's office <laughs> and Vaughn just turns and walks away <laughs> it's good for you Vaughn Sneaky Pete like looks down at the sledge and like oh and kind of bends down and pulls both straps over his shoulder and starts like trying to walk this thing out of the door to the go down the street with it i'm gonna i'm gonna help him <laughs> is again i looked at the map and i can't tell quite how far is the doctor's office near the jail so the doctor's office is number 17 on your map yes um and the jail is i think 27 yeah so it's uh it's probably also it's a it's kind of a just about that little less than the three quarters of the mile like because it's kind of a parallel almost kind of street well then yeah i'm just gonna go straight for the jail so i could get some more cuffs okay all right so jeremiah is gonna help sneaky pete drag this sledge with the yeah. uh the now somewhat more qu uh, quieted pharaoh he seems to have calmed a little bit though he's not talking or anything he's still just kind of uh lying there the blood loss maybe has got into him a little bit I've seen that. You know, gunshot wounds can fix a lot. Gotta <laughs> look at a uh, look at Jack and ask for another refill. <laughs> he he gives you another refill, and uh, he says, um, "I uh, I may need uh, some kind of a uh, repayment for the loss of my uh, the usefulness of one of my men. Maybe uh, there'll be a job opening." <laughs> I wouldn't be against that. I'm gonna look at my drink and be like, "There's no, you didn't put no sap in this, did you?" I don't have any sap. I don't know what happened with that situation. I think Penny Banker may be trying to ruin my business. Your men don't have a history of turning into sniveling, snarling beasts. Is that something I need to look forward to if I decided to look for you for employment? My men are sniveling, snarling beasts, but they don't tend to bite the hand that feeds them. And they know better than to start fights in my bar. Fair enough. Enjoy my drink. 
what's Delilah doing while Jeremiah and Hudson have left the building for the moment? Can she go by Panna Baker's Tavern, Saloon, whatever we're going to call it? Mm-hmm. Establishment? Sure. So you uh, head out while the other two are leaving the uh, Potaten original. And you go, it's just around the block. It's just on like the opposite corner. Um, and it is called the Kansas City Grand. It is, uh, that is Pennebaker's uh, Gambling Health and Brothel. And it's the fanciest two-story building in all of Paw Heaton. She probably spits on the ground on the way in. All right, you walk through the doors of this well-decorated, ornate establishment. Um, what does it look like on the inside? I'm assuming ornate and fancy. Oh, yes. It is is very fancy. Like, as fancy as you'd find in the big city, all of the employees are dressed uh, just completely dapper. There's a doorman who holds a door for you. The uh, the waitresses go around in their little outfits, holding like the little drink trays. There's a craps table in the back corner. Um, everything is like where where the original is like that classic like old saloon. This is like it looks like it's the first day it opened. It's brand new, clean, and pristine. And you can see um, Penny Banker kind of standing off by the craps table in his when he first came to town he used to wear uh a lot more like uppity kind of suits but now he kind of has gone with a more casual comfortable suit and a less kind of austatious hat he's got a smaller like hat so he, he kind of to fit in with the people but it's very well made and i'm assuming do i get paid in gold nuggets from jack uh, yeah, you do get paid either in gold nuggets or you do sometimes get paid in, in money, but mostly you have, like, some gold. Okay, so she, she probably keeps a, a nugget or two on her just in case she needs to purchase something. And she's actually going to walk up to the craps table and throw the, the, the gold on the table. The uh, gentleman behind the table is like, oh, we have another... Uh, Another player, another player, money on the table. He uh, takes your gold, puts it on a little scale, weighs it out, and then slides you some chips across the table. And I wish Brooke had the knowledge of how to play craps, but I'm pretty sure Delilah does. Um, she's going to make a, a small bet at first and, and roll some dice. All right, so um, she probably bet either bet the pass line or you can pick a number to bet. There's even the hard like eights in the center, which are a higher risk for the bets. Um, but so you know it's safer to bet like the pass line uh, and let your money ride while the dice are rolled than to bet the hard eights. But the hard eights have bigger payouts. I think the first one she's gonna pass or yeah pa- bet on pass the line and maybe she'll feel a little bit more ambitious after All right. that. So, uh, how much do you bet? Um, probably, I guess that depends on how much she has. I mean, you probably would have, uh, gotten maybe, uh, three or four dollars cashed in for what you had. She'll throw down a a dollar chip. Okay. Equivalent thereof. 
and take her chances. All right. So why don't you roll me a luck roll? Okay, here goes nothing, guys. All right. Wow, that's a good one. All right, so you uh, you throw down your bet, and um, they they roll the dice. Uh, your your bet actually gets moved from the pass line because it rolls like a, a a five, so it moves to the five. They uh they let you put down like a secondary bet on that to kind of up it now that it's moved to a number, and you put down a little more money, and you actually uh the dice roll a couple times, and then they hit on the five, and you end up making back. So you put down probably about a buck fifty. And you end up getting back about $4 from this bet. And they slide it back across the table once the money's kind of played out. Because it kind of stays on there until they either uh, roll like snake eyes or a seven. Or you actually hit. So your money gets to stay in play while the dice are being rolled. But yeah, you you end up getting some winnings. And they're winner, winner. And they start sliding your money back to you across the table. And uh, go ahead. She's going to get gutsy. And she's going to bet on one of those numbers that she... On the eight, because you know it does it doesn't come up often. All right, and go again. You want another luck roll? Yes, answer? I do. Ooh, Whew. I, I haven't failed. So you uh you put your money on the hard eight, and you kind of wait with bated breath to see if it hits, and um. You're kind of watching for it, watching for it, and then your numbers come up, like, and you're, you see, like, the dice roll, and for just a second, you think it's going to roll on to a, a snake eyes, and the dice just kind of roll one more time, and you, how much would you say, did you bet all of it, like, all four dollars on that? Um, yeah, I think she would have probably just bet, like, whatever she won from the first time. All right. Like, she's smart enough to try to leave with what she, she started with. All right, so you took the $4 that you had from that bet that you made. You slide it onto there, and uh, you hit, and you get paid out, and they slide over $36 in chips for the hard eight. And you're just kind of like, whoa. Okay, this is probably the most money she's ever won gambling. I think she plays with the, the guys at the original, but that's more to play and make small talk. She's here for business. So she's going to actually ask to cash out and speak to Mr. Um, Pennebaker. Or bank, whatever his name is. Penny Baker, yep. Penny um, Baker. Money bags. Um, Alright, one second. My, uh, my browser just went wonky, so I just want to double check that everything's okay. Because... I don't want to make sure we didn't get kicked off stream. <laughs> oh man, they're gonna miss all my the yeah. gambling. I I have literally failed one roll, and now I probably just cursed myself. But that's okay. Don't gamble, kids. Looks pretty good. It looks like we're still running. We're still alive. Yep. So we're still alive. It uh it it's funny because it 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 whites out my whole thing. But it gives me this little warning. It says, when you're ready, just click OK and we'll end your stream and restart the program. So I won't click OK. We've only got a little bit left. All right. So you, uh, yeah, so you win and your winnings kind of get slid over to you. And uh, they're like, big, big winner, big winner. Let's, do you want to keep playing, ma'am? We'll pass the dice to you. You can be our next hot roller. She will. I think she's going to take it one more time. 
But she's not going to do the whole $36 because she'd like to go home with some of the money that she won. Okay. Um, and she'll probably put another $4 bet and she's going to go with eight again. Oh, another hard eight. All right. So this Very is... daring. And I'm assuming I can't use my nat 20 on a lockdown. Oh, I mean, let's see. Let me double check. Um... I'll play by whatever rules you want to yeah, set. Yeah, not on me. not on luck rolls. I actually okay. I actually went back and checked my own rules I posted at the bottom of my stream. <laughs> I was gonna say I thought I looked at them, yep. but I figured I my dad always tells me I don't get what I don't ask for. So here goes nothing. Oh. <laughs> Alright, so you, you put it on and uh almost immediately like the dice roll snake eyes. You see them just roll right over and you see your money get slid back over toward the... the no, no, uh, no, that's the house's money. She didn't bet her own money. Oh, I know, but... And uh, and you, some of the people are like, oh, oh, as they also lose. They thought maybe you were on a hot streak and it was going to be lucky for them. They bet a little bit too much. Sorry, fellows. I'm here to speak with Penny Baker. Is he around? Uh, you hear behind you, did I hear my name? Don't you work for Stratton? It's Delilah, isn't it? Uh, it sure is. What brings you to my establishment, my dear? Oh, you oh. look thirsty. She should have a beverage. Beverage. And you, one of the one of the girls comes over with a tray, and he put picks up a drink and hands it to you. Um, she'll take it because she's trying to be respectful. It's hard for her, but she's trying. Um, and she'll sip it out of the same like. I'm going to be respectful because you just, I know you, you may harbor some animosity, uh, against my boss. And I know you saw, actually, she doesn't know. I don't know if you, I'm sure word has made it, um, made its way to you about the unfortunate fight that happened. Um, he, he smiles and he says, I think I saw the aftermath on my way back from my daily constitutional. She just kind of blinks at him and doesn't say a word because the things she wants to say aren't very respectful. I I just uh, was wondering if you had more information as to what may have happened. Oh, no, I'm not. Um, I'm not really sure what went on. But then again, it's always a little more crass over there at uh, the original. Um, you know, my offer still stands if you're looking for a new employer. We treat our girls here very well. Well-paid, well-dressed, well-tended to. I mean, I'm I'm making it out with a fair bit of, of your money anyway right now. Well, I mean, just think, though. You'd be making a fair wage, you'd be in a clean environment, and you wouldn't have to worry so much about carrying the knife you keep in your boot, Delilah. I will consider your offer. Those are kind of my boys there. You mm. aren't trying to run us out of business, are you? I'm constantly trying to run Jack Stratton out of business. And if I can, out of town. I think Jack's well aware of it. Yes, but you're not... How should I put this? Sending... Sending people to poison our patrons? 
No, I'm not going to poison anyone. I don't want to uh, get myself marked as a pariah. I want these people to be my patrons when Jack is gone. And I want them to see me as a lucrative choice for this town. This, this Jack was good for the town six months ago. But now things are changing here, Delilah. You must see it, my dear. Uh, this this little rabble of a tent city, it's it's sprouting up. It's becoming something bigger, better. There's a lot we can do, but when you have someone like Jack, who's more than willing to stab you in the back and leave you in a gutter, running things, uh, things aren't good for anyone. You need a an actual businessman. Someone who knows the ins and outs of the of business with the big cities. Because that's what we want to be, Delilah. We want to be a big city. You know, some of us came out here because we didn't want a big city. Hmm. And then business... I don't even... Well, she's going to air quotes with one hand, even though it's probably not a period-appropriate thing to Del- do. Delilah makes it a thing now. <laughs> yes. Um business person like yourself and she's practically spitting every possible syllable and over enunciating business person like yourself comes in and thinks that we want to turn into a big town this is supposed to just be a mining town Hmm. it's so much more though at least it has the potential to be you don't see what i see i have a vision for this place well, would you care to enlighten me? The day that you walk through these doors and tell me you take my offer, I'd be glad to enlighten you, Delilah. Well, I would like to cash my chips out now. I have a lot to think about. Daniel, get the lady her uh, cash back for those chips, and uh, you have a wonderful day, darling. And he smiles, tips his hat to you and strolls off to check on some of his other patrons. And uh, this little boy, this little uh, gentleman, he's maybe all of 18 years old, in a nice little white shirt with a bow tie, runs over. I'll, I'll get you checked out right away, ma'am. I'll get you your cat, your chips cashed in, and we'll get you some money. Oh, you, okay. you look like you uh, did really well at the tables today. I had pushed my uh, luck with Lady Luck. So, so, uh, do you, do you want it all in, in, in cash or do you want to open up your own personal line of credit with the, with the I office? would like my cash, please. All right. Are you sure? Because sometimes there's special offers for when you have a line of credit and it, and it can do more value I for you. probably won't be around much, if oh. at all, anymore. Well, all right, ma'am, let me get that done for you then. All right. Come this way and he'll uh, wander you over to where the cash box is and they get you kind of uh, sorted out real quick with your chips. She'll slip the little guy or the the guy a dollar. <gasps> Ma'am, well, thank you very much. He uh, tips his little hat. He says, you, I hope that we do see you again. We The, the likes of you are the type of people that we want to have running in and out of our establishment on a regular basis. You're welcome. And then she'll turn on her heels and stride like almost struttingly across her way out as to try to catch some attention or at least try to and you do you do notice some heads turn some of the guys at uh, one of the card tables you sort of uh, stop a whole round of cards and you're quick enough to pick up on the one guy who 
He looks at you with a quick glance, and then you see him side glance at the cards of the guy next to him who's looking at you with a longer glance. And then he, like, you see him go for his chips and start counting some chips with a smile. She just smiles on her way out. All right. So meanwhile, Jeremiah, you and Sneaky Pete. Oh, boy. With the Huffin' Puffin' Doctor alongside you have been uh, making your way back toward the doctor's office. You uh, part ways with Hudson as he heads to go back to the uh, jail to pick up some more cuffs and maybe check in with the uh, sheriff. And um, so the doctor's uh, place, you kind of go down the side street and he's got this little wood cabin. It's kind of set by itself. Um, He goes over and you see him unlock the door and he's got like three locks that he unlocks. And then he uh, pushes open the door and kind of like shoves it open to make room for the sledge to get dragged in. And there's uh, like books and things stacked behind the door. There's kind of like a, a little bit of a front area where there's maybe like two chairs. And then he's got like a dirty old sheet hanging to split the room. And he sort of walks through the center and parts the sheet and holds one side open while you move him in. And in the back is like, there's like two beds kind of tucked in there. There's, um, the, the sheets are mostly clean. There's yeah. an almost full like human skeleton kind of like hanging. It looks like he's been putting one together, but he's missing pieces. So you're not sure where he got this from. It's missing a leg. Yeah, it's missing a leg. <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, he, um, and he's also got like a desk with like a bunch of books and there's various like jars. There's like Mason jars and you can see, you're not sure what that is. Mm, It looks like it's something that should be inside a body and it's kind of in like liquid sort of floating there. Um, and he's like, it's dim. Like he lights like one little lantern and he's like, put him, put him on the, on the bed over there. And he seems docile now, but I'll give him something to keep him calm. And then I'm going to see if I can save this leg. And Sneaky Pete's like, <gasps> you want to you wanna help me lift, Preacher? Yeah, I got him. All right. Do you want to take the part by the head? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay, good. Why are you dropping that? Well, I just don't want him to bite me if he wakes up. Yeah. So you guys kind of pick him up and uh, you lift him into the bed. How strong is Jeremiah? Are you pretty strong? I got a 65. Yeah. So Sneaky Pete struggles with the feet. In fact, the feet flop a little on the on the floor. And he's got to put them on one at a time. And uh, you hear Pharaoh kind of groans as he drops the leg with the wound. And he's like, oh, no. Sorry, Pharaoh. And he puts him in the bed. And the doctor uh, kind of flicks Pete like just like a little candy or something. He's like, here you go, Pete. And he's like, thanks, Preacher. I'm going to see what I can do about this, uh, saving this leg. I'm not holding out much hope, though. I think I might stay here and uh, say a few prayers, if that's all right, Doc. Well, I tend to like to work in uh, privacy, actually. You know, it could be a very gruesome affair, dealing with uh, wounds and injuries, especially ones as bad as this one. Well, if I'm being honest, I've seen it all before. So, uh, you know, don't don't think I'm squeamish or anything. No. All right, but you got to sit over there and not get in my way. Yeah, of course, Doc, of course. All right, all right. 
And uh, Pete's like, I'm, I'm, I'm go back and tell Jack that this is uh, just all being taken care of. Then he looks at you, and he scuttles out the door, pulling the sledge out behind him. Mm. And you watch as the doctor kind of gets to work, sort of uh, inspecting the leg. Um, he seems like, like he kind of wraps it a little bit and changes it up, and kind of once he has it wrapped better, he sort of takes the tourniquet off. And he kind of is like, well, I'm going to leave that for now and see if it doesn't, if we can't save that. But I'm going to take a look. And he kind of like starts inspecting like Pharaoh's like kind of flicks his eyes open a little bit. He like takes and he kind of does like a swab in his mouth and he's like, sap. And he puts it in a container and he's just sort of looking him over and he's like, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this. I think that uh, his brain's a bit addled. It might be that he's got to sleep this one off before we can get a straight answer from him. I might, if I can hold off on taking the leg, I might wait until he's a little more lucid. But it seems like it could take him a while. I'm going to give him something to keep him out for a bit. And you see him kind of go over to a bunch of little vials. And he kind of finds one. He kind of shakes it, pulls a little cork, and kind of pours it down Pharaoh's throat, holds his nose and closes his mouth. And then once he swallows it, he's like, he'll probably be out for a while, preacher. If you want to come back tomorrow, I'm probably going to do the operation then if you want to watch. I don't understand why. Uh, Jeremiah will stand up and he says, uh, well, I uh, don't be afraid to ask the sheriff if you need anybody to, uh, you know, Make sure you're safe here. Don't want him wake him up and uh, biting you or anything. I'll keep him uh, calm as much as a docile. Ape man. What's he going to sprout hair? He looks like a good reverend. He he gives you a look and he's like, don't listen to him. He's insane. There's no ape men in the hills in this area. Jeremiah just, you know, well, have a good day, Doc. You know, head out. Uh, you see as you're leaving and he walks you to the door, he uh, he pulls a little hip flask out and he, like, takes a drink and closes it and puts it back in. And then he closes and you hear the bolts turn on the locks as he sends you on your way. A lot of locks. <laughs> so Hudson. Uh, oh, go I ahead. I head down to where Hudson is. All right, so you head for the jail. So, Hudson, you yeah. split off from Sneaky Pete and Jeremiah, and you head for the jail, which is, it's mostly uh, a cabin. It's uh, not far from the Elkhorn Saloon. It's a, a rather small space. Inside, there's only about four cells. And this was built before um, there were the elections or anything like that for Sheriff. Um, they basically, uh, Stratton used to have the keys to this place. And when people really got out of hand, his men would just throw guys in a cell and leave them. Um, usually they'd stay for a couple days until they could pay the fee to get out for their crime. On occasion, when there has been someone who's been arrested for like an outright murder, they'd put them in a cell and kind of leave them and feed them for a few days. And they'd elect, um, like kind of a jury of their peers amongst whoever was available that morning and kind of have a quick trial and decide their fate. And if they were guilty, they'd usually hang them before noon. Otherwise, if they were found not guilty, they'd end up letting him go that day. 
but you get here and the sheriff marshal, uh, his name is Ricardo Mateo. He is actually um, probably about maybe 40 years old. He's from Texas. He, he and his family made his way up here uh, at some point in the last couple of years. And they're a recent transplant to Paul Heaton. They've maybe been here about maybe four or five months. But he's seemed like a pretty straightforward guy. And uh, he's sort of sitting behind the desk uh, just with his feet up, kind of reading <clears throat> from the local uh, daily sheets, you know, getting the local news for the day when you kind of come through the door. He just gives you kind of a, a nod. Afternoon. Afternoon, Sheriff. We got a new resident coming soon. Oh, yeah? What's that about? You know, you know Pharaoh, the kind of quiet, nerdy dude? Yeah, Stratton's, Stratton's number one. Yeah, he went all loony, attacked me. He's going to kind of point to that the sheriff sees the blood. Yeah. And he got shot in the leg, so the doctor's taking care of that. Then we should probably go get him. You shot him in the leg? I didn't. Someone else did. Oh. All right, so how long Doc going to keep him? I don't know. They were still dragging him off to the doctors by the time I left. Who pissed him off? Well, that's the weird part. He was drinking some whiskey out of a glass, and then he just kind of lost it, went after the preacher dude, not Duffy, the other one. What? He went after... I mean, what's that little one? Uh, oh gosh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Jer Jerry? Jerry? Yeah, Jerry. Yeah. He went after Jerry. What did Jerry yeah. do? I mean, usually Duffy's the bigger mouth, and I mean, Pharaoh's dragged him out of the bar after he's set people off before. I don't know. All Jerry did was just put his hand on Pharaoh's shoulder, and Pharaoh just swung at him. Did Jerry, did Jerry shoot him? No, it's the weird that Lucas guy. The one we've been kind of keeping an eye on. Oh, that, that new one that's in town. Yeah, that one. Yeah. He shot him in the knee. Oh, I mean, at least he didn't shoot him in the head. That is true. That's quite a mess to clean up. Though usually Stratton just sends the body down to the local pig farmer. Yeah, well, he was still alive, so. That's fair. Um, so... Why did he attack Jerry? Well, that's why we're going to go find that Jed fella and figure it out. Fincher? That's the one. What does Jed fin Fincher have to do with Pharaoh punching Jerry? Fincher started to pour a drink for Pharaoh. Pharaoh drank it. Went all cuckoo. Swung at Jerry. And then there was some weird sap crap. In I don't know. Something in the drink set him off. And at some point, I looked around the room and Jed wasn't there no more. Well, then he definitely needs to come back and answer to what happened. And that's what we're going to do. Just had to come get some more cuffs to handle that. Who are you taking and, uh, with you? Uh, Jerry, Lucas, and that Delilah girl wants to come along. 
Oh, well, Jed's sweet on her, so it might keep him calm if he is having some kind of issue. Yeah, well, just in case he isn't, Hudson's going to go over and take, like, two pairs of handcuffs and also grab his rifle and put it over his back. So he's, like, fully loaded, stocked, ready to go. So you heading out this afternoon? Well, I was planning. I just got to go grab my horse and we can head out. All right, so... You probably won't see it till tomorrow at some time. You planning on staying, being out overnight? Probably. All right, because his claim's a little ways up. Maybe, what, I think that one's about 10 miles up? Sounds about right. All right, well, you need anything from me? No, I'll just probably head on down to the docks at some point, see what's going on. I'll see if I have to take him in. Probably yeah. if they got to take a leg off, though, it'll be a few days. Maybe, Maybe he won't make it, and then we won't have to have him in the cell at all. Yeah. Maybe when you take him in, rough him up a little bit for me. Mm, get him back for the... You're getting a bit yeah. of a fat lip over here, Hudson. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll hold down the fort here until you get back. Things well, have been... I mean, you're the sheriff, so that's kind of your job. Well, it's always nice to have you around. You're, you're more an intimidating figure than I am. I think I'm more the... the face people liked, but it's good to have somebody who uh, makes them think twice about taking a gun to me. Well, hopefully Jack and Walter don't come after each other while I'm going. Oh, I'm sure they'll come after each other. It just depends on what degree. Usually Walter's pretty smart about dealing with Jack, though. He's, uh, knows that Jack's willing to go the full length. And uh, I don't think Walter's looking for a lot of bloodshed. I think he's looking for a, a smarter way to put Jack out of business. Yeah, well, Pharaoh going crazy Jack's bar is probably going to help. That's true. It's going to drive off business for a little bit. Jack may be a little more angry than he's been in the past. He already pulled a shotgun on a couple people, so... Did he shoot him. anybody with it? Shot his ceiling, which was dumb, because now he's got to fix that. Well, it's a slow day for Jack if he hasn't shot somebody by now. Wait, try to shoot Duffy. Well, he cocked the gun at Duffy. Meh. I mean, I'd do it, too. Little guy <laughs> noise of crap out of me. Yes, he's, uh... He's maybe a little more trouble than Jack and Walter combined at some points. Yeah, well, we'll probably have to keep an eye on him, too. All right. Well, I'll let you get on your way because you've got a long ride ahead of you. You need better go collect up your uh, your posse and go handle picking up Jed and bringing him back to be talked to. Will do. He's going to kind of tip his hat and go out and get his horse. All right. So you uh, go out and uh, you see Jeremiah coming kind of up the street in your direction. Hey, what's going on with Pharaoh? Uh, well, Doc put him under. Says he'll probably do the surgery tomorrow. Uh, figure out after he has to take the knee or anything. Sounds and good. Said he might be a little more lucid, so need to ask any questions, maybe. Well, that works out well, because we're probably going to be gone all night. Not get back right. there tomorrow. I ain't doing anything this evening. I ain't either. So you guys talk as you head back toward the uh, 
the old original. Lucas, you've been in the bar waiting for the return of the rest of this crew. Jack has uh, sent the other man there that he had with him. He sends down to kind of keep an eye on Penny Baker as uh, he continues to just pour drinks behind the bar. So Vaughn goes... And he's uh he leaves to go kind of watch Penny Baker and his guys, and uh, Jack kind of gets rid of the bottle that the others were drinking out of, cleans up, and then he calls one of the other uh, girls in, and he's got her scrubbing the blood stain, and he says, uh, "So you're taking a ride with these uh this deputy then, out to bring back the prospector." Seems like the right thing to do about now. Uh, need some more whiskey in me, but yeah, when we're ready to go, however much whiskey I can put away between now and then. Uh, that sounds about right. We're gonna go question old fella and find out about uh, what whatever might have been put in that drink to make uh, old Farrell go feral. Well, I'd be interested if uh, you want to keep me on the up and up about what the deputy finds out and bring back the little information as far as uh, what Mr. Fincher knows or what he might have done, I'd be willing to uh, pay for information. Fair. I can probably do something like that. Also, I get the get the feeling Delilah plans on going along. She's got a soft spot for Jed. Thinks he's a nice guy. He's always seemed to be pretty straightforward up till now. So I want you to keep an eye on Delilah because my employees are important to me. I'd probably do that as well. It's hard to find people you can trust that won't stab you in the back if you don't fulfill your obligations. You are speaking my language, sir. I couldn't agree with you more wholeheartedly. Good. I'm glad we see eye to eye, sir. Your arrival may have been fortuitous. Still to be seen, but hopefully so. Excellent. And he uh, slides the bottle that's half empty over to you, and he says, that should probably get you settled before you head out. And he walks away. I'll pour my own drink. And eventually you all come back to the Boy Eaton original. Kind of group back up. Hudson ties his horse up outside. Kind of look around at each other. Well, anybody find out anything good? I found out that Penny Baker is a no good, rotten, goody two shoe, but at least I could take some of his money while I gambled. Okay, that's helpful. What about you, Jerry? Well, uh, I only know this tree sap stuff that Pharaoh uh, might have had come from trees around here. Uh, natives use it to boost themselves up before going out and fighting. You know what kind of tree? Would I, Jeanette? Um, you're not 100% sure what kind of tree that would have come from. Oh, hell no. (laughs) 
I, also, I'm a man of God, not a man of, you know, that stuff. Plants. Man. I ain't no plant man. I ain't no ape man either. Well, good. That is good. <laughs> well, did you find anything else out? Not really. I just went to get some supplies and let the sheriff know what happened. Hey, Jack, can I borrow a horse? <laughs> Jack looks over and he says, Sure, darling, I'll make sure that you're set up with a, a horse. I'm going to just walk over to the livery and uh, they'll uh, tell him I sent you over. And they will set you up with a, a, a good, sturdy horse to take you. And he looks at Lucas. He's like, do you need a, a horse as well, friend? Or are you already taken care of? No, I, I got my horse taken care of. Excellent. He side looks at the preacher. I never rode a horse before. <laughs> we can never? get We can get you a mule, son. I'll take it. I, that's like a big horse, right? Sure. Sure, it's a big horse. He says, uh, it's always good to have a man of God who owes you a thing. He's like, I'll pay for your horse, son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I'll pay for it myself. All right, well, it's, uh, it's $40 a day for a horse over at the livery. Oh boy. Well, I will only have it for tonight, I guess. So, yeah, we can do that. All right. So, you all uh, make plans. You uh, have figured out to get ho- where to get your horses. And you are preparing to ride out to go find Jed Fincher and discover what exactly he may have had to do with Pharaoh's outburst at the Pawheaton Original Saloon. And I think that's also, a good place. Sasquatch. And apparently Sasquatch, but I think that's a good place to to kind of close this for tonight, and we'll open up next session with uh, you all riding out to discover what Jed might be up to. I should have known. It's always the quiet nerd in the corner. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, thus ends our first session of the Wretched West Call of Cthulhu sessions, and uh, so I guess we'll go around and uh, we'll do some plugs and. Why don't we start? We'll uh, we'll go with starting with Jamie this time. Uh, I'm Jamie. You can follow me on Twitter. My handle's right down there. Um, you can find me on this channel this coming Sunday, the 13th at 4:30 Eastern time for what might be the last session of the Forge of Fury. If we don't all die or kill each other first or just do whatever. So, yeah, it'd be a good time coming at the end. But you can also catch up with it on YouTube. Mm. And how'd you like this session? <laughs> I I liked it. However, I am immensely wary of this suddenly shady doctor because he came in wheezing. And I'm like, oh, no, it's Citizen for God. I know. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> And that's such said, great luck. As soon as you said you hear a wheezing breath, Dylanai's face is just dropped. I'm like, oh god, no. I've broken them. Uh, I clearly have missed something, but I guess um, I have a backlog of stuff to go watch. Our last, in the other Call of Cthulhu game, Reign of Terror, the doctor was the evil bad guy. Yeah. Who wheezed. Oh, he was like wheezing at first, and then he did some spell on himself, so he was like immortal, and we had to kill him. Mm-hmm. 
Good yeah, times. But I got, as soon as I heard the wheezing doctor, I was like, oh no, not again. <laughs> My money's on Judd for Big Bad. We're just going to kill the doctor now. Those thing where the, the practitioners are usually pretty wicked anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, we're just going to go kill the doctor first and then go after Chad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Brooke, how about you? the entire campaign. Boom! Dang, yeah. two sessions, we're done. All right, Brooke, how about you? Um, yeah, you can find me on pretty much every social under the sun at my username underneath. Um, I'm also in a D&D stream that's weekly on Sundays um, on twitch.tv slash ssadventure. Um, lots of fun stuff happened yesterday like bits of backstory that I was going to try to keep hidden for more than like half a session, but I failed. Nice. Um, but it'll, it, it'll ultimately it'll be good role play eventually um, for character tie reasons um, and opens up a lot of doors for second classes. Um, but yeah, otherwise I do stream up my own channel at the name below because I'm literally everywhere at that username. Nice. Um, chances are, if you see that it's me. Um, yeah. And how'd you like the first, like, what was something you liked about this? Um, well, <laughs> um, this is the first time I've ever played Call of Cthulhu. Um, and I'm really kind of excited to see where it goes because we have eight men and crazy nerds in the corner. <laughs> They're always fun. Uh, and how about Dylan? <laughs> oh, howdy there. Uh, yeah, yeah. That um, voice. <sighs> so you can find me uh, at KKRP2 on Twitter. I do art and talk about D&D a whole lot. Um, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on uh, the Greyhawk channel here on Twitch, uh, we're playing Seek It to Castle Greyhawk, where we explore D&D's original mega dungeon, which is really fun. We're going to finish up level four, go to the pit of chaos, you know, as you do. Um, and then Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern time on uh, PowerScore RPG here on Twitch, uh, me and Jeanette are in Waterdeep Dragon Heist, where shit's going down, you know, as you do. A dude said he liked my booty last time. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we'll see where that goes, I guess. And uh, yeah. is there anything that you enjoyed about tonight's session? I mean, Sasquatch. <laughs> and also the creepy ghost. That's pretty cool so far. Yeah. Cool. It's cool until we meet him in the woods. Oh, no, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> He's going to kill us, but it'll be awesome. <laughs> And Kelt, how about you? So yeah, I'm <clears throat> I'm a first time call of, as I am with most systems. I'm kind of an RPG newbie, but uh, yeah, the first first game of Call of Cthulhu. Uh, I like that it's already creepy right out the gate. Super cool. Um, <clears throat> uh, you can find me on most of the social medias as the Kelts. On uh, Twitch, I go by a completely different handle. I'm Diegeist on Twitch, um, but uh, yeah, everyone else I'm the Kelts. Uh, I will be playing in a new uh, Vampire the Masquerade campaign that starts tomorrow on Soul Bear RPG here at Twitch. Ooh. It's kind of like a uh, it's an overarching it's three different storytellers telling the story uh, 
from the Camarilla point of view, the Anarch point of view, and then the um, Sabat point of view. It's all V5 vampire. That's awesome. That is awesome. That starts tomorrow at 8.30 for the Anarch campaign. The Sabat campaign already started, but I think you can find that game on YouTube as well. Okay. Um, It's going to be told across Soul Bear RPG and then Welcome to the Party RPG. Both of them are here on Twitch. Um, But yeah, I played with Jeanette a while back on a a fake game. (laughs) She was gracious enough to ask me to play it here. So here I am. Yay. Had a blast. Did what did you shoot someone in the knee? Was that your favorite thing tonight? (laughs) That was my favorite thing tonight. Actually, no, I take that back. The shooting of the knee was kind of a a give in, but uh, being able to draw my second pistol on the bartender, I think that was my favorite part of the Mm -hmm. game. I've been waiting to do something like that for a long time. Nice. I'm a dark counter fan, so. Awesome. All right. So, and I'm Jeanette. Uh, you can find me at jebreak 79 on Twitter. And um, I do run another campaign every other Sunday, uh, D&D. So Forge of Fury is probably wrapping up. And then I'll come up with what I want to do next. And we'll start a new adventure with some new players and stuff like that. And uh, Saturdays at 3, Dylan and I play Dragon Heist. We're awesome. It's good times. Uh, but otherwise, this was great. You guys, it was so much fun. I'm glad you guys are adventuring with me. I love Cthulhu. I'm still learning a lot about it too, but I think it's a lot of fun. And uh, thanks for joining me. And uh, I uh, I hope that I uh, don't, you know, completely destroy your characters, but that's kind of the point. So we'll see what happens. I mean, insanity, death, it's all, you know, that thing in Cthulhu. Um, but otherwise, we'll be back for the second session of this game in two weeks on 7 p.m., Eastern time. So thank you everybody who watched and we will see you all later. Bye. Take care. And I'm going to click this, I'm going to click this button over here and see if it turns off.